As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on The Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Hello and welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Dave DeFore here with Keith Parrish for some actual basketball news. Before we start, don't forget you can get this podcast without ads by going to theathletic.com slash NBA show and subscribing. Keith, a little breaking news out of Lakerland and uh, nobody was traded, but... We have a deal. LeBron James and the Lakers have agreed to a two-year, $97.1 million contract extension that includes a player option for the 24-25 season. So ostensibly, Keith, this is a one plus one, and he had a year left. So three years under contract if he chooses to take that player option, which is going to be a massive amount of money at that point. Uh, there's also a 15% trade kicker, which on a max contract, Keith, is kind of nothing unless the salary cap goes up. Yeah, um, I think the biggest angle to this story, I mean, yes, LeBron James commits to the Lakers for at least one more year that he was already under contract, but it seems like LeBron and his people trying to take a little wind out of the sails of NBA schedule release day. We've been counting down this NBA schedule, and then two minutes early, everyone gets the Woj bomb, and it's like, oh, is Woj going to weigh in on the schedule leaks? No, we had LeBron James news. I'm surprised. I felt like this was another, uh, I don't want to say a declaration of war between Clutch and the league, but it seemed like LeBron James trying to steal some of the spotlight from where we should be talking, Dave, NBA rivalry week and all these new bells and whistles of the upcoming schedule. Well, we'll get to that in, in the next segment, and uh, I'm also going to try to sandwich in Slovenia and Serbia somewhere because that game was fantastic. But uh, back to the LeBron contract. Listen, this made sense for everybody. Number one, LeBron gets a lot of money, uh, which is a good deal for him. But also, if even if LeBron doesn't want to stay with the Lakers beyond this season, let's say, or, you know, let's say next summer, he can be traded. And now he doesn't have to, you know, it's a little bit easier for teams to trade for this guy on a max deal somehow because they can trade bad contracts for him. They can put them together and attach assets. So 
This doesn't really lock him into you know the full three years, uh, but it locks him into the money, which I think for LeBron it was the overriding factor here. And it also gives at least some form of confidence to Rob Palinka and the front office if they are going to make some of these rumored deals, if they're going to try to complete possibly a Kyrie Irving trade, if they're willing to include future first-round picks to make that happen, if they do try to upgrade, is it a Miles Turner or something like that, or attach picks to move Russell Westbrook, to do those moves before you get this extension from LeBron, before you get this commitment from LeBron, at the very least, I'm going to be with you guys for two more seasons, that would have been risky. Because if everything just goes terribly, you don't want to have LeBron James, his salary expiring. So, Yes, it is big news in that way that LeBron James has committed to the Lakers. It's a mutual commitment, but it's what Lakers fans and the front office want to see. All right, we know LeBron is definitely going to be here for at least a couple more seasons and then possibly more beyond that, and maybe that gives us the confidence to go ahead and make an addition to trade away a future asset to try to pursue on-court success this season. Yeah, it's been a weird summer because normally when the Lakers want to make a trade, the trade just happens. And this Russell Westbrook situation, it, it, I mean, we, we're considering closing lineups where it's, what, Austin Reeves? And who who's the other guard that was going to be out there? I can't even remember. I don't I, – I, I saw one where it was it – was, it was Austin Reeves, Juan Toscano Anderson, and Troy Brown Jr., I believe, was a, a suggested closing lineup from The Athletic. Yeah, I, listen, I, so the Lakers – getting a little bit of business done that needed to get done. They needed to lock in LeBron James. Now he and Anthony Davis under contract for the next couple of seasons. So you at least know that you have these two guys in house. The only way that they're leaving barring, you know, the player option sort of path for LeBron is through a trade. So there you go. You can't lose those guys without getting an asset in return. And for this team, you know, at a certain point, they're going to have to start looking beyond LeBron James. I mean, he's getting up there, Keith, like, just the fact that he's going to pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at some point this season for the all-time scoring leader, that has to set off some alarm bells that, hey, we only have a couple of years here. We need to get to work. Yeah, I guess there's an argument between how much do you want to maximize your final years of LeBron versus how much do you need to plan for and maybe hang on to future draft picks for the transition into whatever is beyond LeBron. And I'm no salary cap expert, but I guess one downside to LeBron signing is I think the Lakers could have had like $100 million in cap space next to they had no players. If they wanted to, uh, only Anthony Davis uh, would have been under contract if they declined all their options on other players. Not that they would have, but that list is very fun for the theoretical exercises. Yet another sign of the death of free agency. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City, with David, a sculptor, and his wife Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. 
When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful design objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. And now, Keith, it's time for the main event, schedule release day. We are lucky to be recording just after the schedule drops. And Keith, look, my favorite thing from the schedule, it, not only are they not playing on election day, which is great, uh, go out and vote, please, and, and hopefully they turn all these arenas into places where you can go and vote. That'd be great. Um, the NBA has come up with a new concept called Rivals Week. And Keith, this is the good stuff. And when you go down the list, we're getting Celtics Heat, which is fantastic, Clippers, Lakers, which, you know, uh, it's kind of a theoretical rivalry and it should be a good one it's going to be a good game net sixers got grizzlies warriors on rivalry week and also on christmas day keith and i want to talk to you about that because that is a real rivalry whether they schedule it or not this game was going to be heated i love that it's here during rivalry week i know that steve kerr and the warriors have long said it's not a rivalry with the Grizzlies, and of course the Warriors have the championships and the playoff victories, but there does feel like a little something extra there. Clay Thompson mentioning the Grizzlies in his, basically after winning the title, immediately mentioning him, Draymond Green always brings him up, and the Grizzlies are an up-and-coming team, so I think there's a there's a lot of interest in the league to highlight these two, these two teams playing against each other, and like you said, being on national TV multiple times as someone who covers the Grizzlies. This is bizarre to go through the schedule release and see the Grizzlies on ESPN, TNT, ABC, TNT, ESPN. Uh, you can tell the popularity of John ja Moran. And like you said, the rivalry, the rivalry week, it's a cool idea. It's a fun idea. And we get some of those things just like the Jokic versus Embiid game. So some teams that aren't normal rivals, but they're playing up the actual players involved. Uh, Alonzo Ball, Lamelo Ball game. That is uh, that's good marketing for me, and I think it, it's a nice twist on the schedule. And there's one that is a little bit aspirational, I think, and it's the Timberwolves Grizzlies. And, and this, I like this idea, trying to set the stage for a, a rivalry between two up and coming young teams. I mean the. The Grizz are good. They're real good. And the Timberwolves getting Rudy Gobert got a lot better. They were already on their way up. Anthony Edwards is a rising star. We know Carl Anthony Towns is good. Listen, man, the Grizzlies, it seems like they're going to be a team that other teams might be coming for. And and we talked a couple weeks ago when we went over their offseason, did they take a step back? Man, how are they going to deal with every single team in the league kind of gunning for them every night? Yeah, I assumed that Timberwolves-Grizzlies rivalry week was just in honor of Kyle Anderson's return, but I think you make a better point. It probably is the young stars. Uh, I mean, just Ja and Ant by themselves. I think when Ja Morant was drafted, there was a natural regional connection with him and Zion Williamson, obviously the one and two picks. The Zion-Ja rivalry, for a multitude of reasons, hasn't worked out yet, but because of meeting in the playoffs last year, because of their age, because of their charisma, it's possible that John ja Morant versus Anthony Edwards could build a very long history, and that is cool that that little mat matchup, a little central division time zone, uh, you know, uh, a central time zone matchup between those two teams who could maybe face each other in the playoffs multiple times in upcoming seasons. Yeah, Knicks, Nets, uh, another 
rival game. And uh, that one's going to be sad if the Donovan Mitchell trade doesn't happen uh, and the Durant trade does <laughs> say, happen. Yeah, uh, Nets versus whoever Durant gets traded to, uh, I guess could be a cool uh, rivalry week. We do get some Nets Sixers. We do at least. We should get some Ben Simmons against uh, his old teammates and the fan base in Philadelphia, which should be uh, good popcorn viewing. Uh, another thing that the league highlighted is that they reduced travel, and this is actually a historic low for the average miles traveled per team. Uh, according to the NBA, they've been reduced to an estimated 41,000 miles per team, and that they're going to do more season series, sort of back-to-backs uh, against the same team, Keith. And I, I love this idea. I like seeing these guys have to go against each other two games in a row. It's more of a playoff feel, and then a little bit of that, you know, a little grit and grind carries over from game to game. You get a little bit more heated moments. I think that this is a good thing. We know travel is hard on these guys. Recovery is super important. And to get the best product on the floor, this is kind of the end goal. I think, you know, this is commendable and should equal better basketball, Keith. And it makes a ton of sense when you're just thinking about cross-country travel, where, like, if the Clippers are on the East Coast, hey, maybe knock out two of those games right there, or at the very least when they're playing some of these Western Conference teams like the Timberwolves or the Grizzlies or the Pelicans. You know, when, you, when you're over there, get two out of the four games or two out of the three games done in a couple-day span. And that's uh, it seems to be the main tool the league used to reduce that travel. And with reduced travel, you know, it's the reduced wear and tear, but also it allows the league to cut down on those back-to-backs as they continually look to eliminate, like, the four games in six nights and, and get as, as few back-to-backs as possible. And there were four teams without any national television games this year, Keith, and it's the Utah Jazz, oddly, because Donovan Mitchell's still on the roster, the Orlando uh, Magic, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Detroit Pistons. Now, you and I are pretty deep into this basketball world, but it it does seem to me a, a bit counterintuitive for a league built on individual stars to not showcase Two of the top picks in this recent draft, the number one pick from last year's draft. And, I mean, realistically, why isn't every team in the league getting a national TV appearance? This is uh, it's a bit odd to me, Keith. As much as we can compliment the rivalry week and some other parts of this schedule, not having a Paolo versus Chet game in, like, the first week or two of the season, that seems very, very odd. And you have the Pistons team with Cade Cunningham and Jay Nivey. Why aren't we seeing them? Why aren't we at least giving a little bit of exposure to these teams? Like, I, I do like that they seem to add, like, they added my Memphis Grizzlies to the, like, hey, we, we got a seat at the actual table now, a lot of national TV games. But still, they go so heavy on so many of these teams, and then you do sometimes wonder why you're not giving at least a little bit of exposure to some of the the highly drafted guys on these teams. Yeah, we don't expect the teams to be that good, but hey, do it in October. Do it in November. Give me a one versus two uh, in the draft or, or some of the top five picks playing against each other. I am surprised that that isn't a part of, of this schedule. Well, Chet versus Paolo in particular, Keith, stands out because it was such a big deal when they played in college. And, and you know, this to me, it's sort of... Um, it's a lack of a narrative, if that makes sense. I, I think that they got it right with Grizzlies Warriors, but Grizzlies and Warriors kind of wrote that script for them. And if they would just think a little bit deeper, man, uh, Chet versus Paolo, that might be, you know, if everything breaks right. Now, I don't know that either of these guys are number one guys, but, you know, what if that is a rivalry 
for the next 10 years. You could start that story now. So uh, a bit of a shame there not to see those fun teams. Uh, you know, they're going to be fun, especially Orlando, uh, Oklahoma City. Excuse me. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. They might not be very good, but I do think they'll be fun. It's a shame to not see them get a little bit of national television shine. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show, folks. Thank you guys for listening. For Keith Parrish, I'm Dave DeFore. Keith, let's get out of here. Ding, ding.